Hello, this is Bob Gray Sr. Welcome to the Ministry Moments Podcast. Hello, this is Bob Gray Sr. Welcome to Ministry Moments. Every Friday, 3 o'clock Central Time, we'll come to you. And uh, this is a Ministry Moments YouTube. And also, you can go to YouTube. Everything's a tube in it. Uh, you can go to YouTube and find Ministry Moments, find Bob Gray Sr. and subscribe. That way you'll get it automatically every week. And uh, just uh, subscribe to this podcast. And uh, I, I've got uh, some things I share with you every week. I'm brief. It's nothing uh, very long, but uh, pointed to the points like that fat woman going right that barbed wire fence, a few more points and we'll be through. <laughs> but anyway, oh, don't get mad at me. It's just a joke. Uh, let me talk to you about anti-growth factors, anti-growth factors, if, if I may. Um, quickly, write it down. Number one, and by the way, our church grew from a low of 159 to 10,000 members and averaging 2,000 in all of our Sunday schools. And um, we baptized 4,064 people the last year that I pastored. And um, uh, I had 153 of those. So our people were soul winning people. Um, and we saw growth. So I'm not some Bible college teacher somewhere teaching ivory tower stuff, something I've never ex experienced. Uh, and I, and I, and I, I want to help you. Dr. Hiles told me that the churches around America that we started baptizing, uh, just boom, it started going. It was because of the soul winning clinic that we held for 29 years in Long Beach. He loved it. He loved it. He preached, man, he was at his best. There are a lot of videos out there where you could see him preaching at that soul winning clinic. So we, we, we want growth. We've got to have growth and we've got to get back again to building some great churches. And um, so here we go. Number one, anti-growth factors as I've noticed through the years. And as I travel, number one, a non-soul winning pastor, uh, that's a, that's an anti-growth factor. If the pastor's not winning souls, he's got to lead by example. Now he can scream, holler, beller, and tell them they ain't right with God if they don't go, but it's not going to have the impact uh, unless you go. Uh, that's why uh, Dr. Greg Neal is a great uh, personal soul winner. He's leading a great church. Uh, Dr. Alan Domley is a great personal soul winner. He's leading a great church. And the churches that are growing and the churches that are having an impact in their area are there because there's a pastor there that's a, a strong soul winner. Is not going to dip his sails when it comes to soul winning. So a non-soul winning pastor. So if you're a pastor and you're not going soul winning on a regular basis, shame on you. And you'll never have a church that grows. Or you'll have to, here's what you'll do. You'll have to say, we don't use the word soul winning because soul winning is not found in the Bible. Well, neither is pastor salary. So what are you doing taking a money? money? <laughs> Crazy. And well, no, we'll not. Uh, no, no. And by the way, don't mention Jack Hiles around here or even refer to Jack Hiles. Well, that's a positive note in it. That's a real blessing. What kind of a church do you want? I mean, uh, the church went from 700 to 20,000 in attendance and I was there. Uh, so don't, don't give me that. And I, I knew him personally. You didn't. What a great man, a great Christian. Dr. Robertson, a great man, a great Christian. Dr. Curtis Hudson, a great man, a great Christian. Tom Malone, a, oh, a great man and a great Christian. Lester Roloff, no, 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 I could go. And I preached for all of them and they preached for me and we preached together. And I'm just telling you that they were all soul winning pastors. They went soul winning. I traveled with Dr. House 22 years, not every week, last 11 years, almost every week. 
but uh, he, he led souls everywhere he went. I, I did, and I still do, uh, a non-soul-winning pastor. So if you're going to be the pastor, lead the church, Jesus is the head, but you've got to lead that body uh, in the, if, if you want growth. Now, if you want it through the attraction mode, get you some colored lights and, uh, and, and untuck your shirt. Now, whatever you do, be sure you untuck your shirt and uh, make sure the music, boy, it's got to, it's got to be emotional. And uh, <laughs> there was a church in our town down the road, wasn't a Baptist church, but they, they had dancers <laughs> and women get up and twirl on the platform they had a time of dance. And so <laughs> when one of my converts told me about it, he went to church there, but he wasn't going there anymore. I said, you got to be kidding me. So one Sunday night, I paid my homage to it. And, uh, and I started dancing around on the platform, you know, I made a, a mockery of what they were doing. And so out in the hallway, there was a couple that was visiting from that church. And, um, and my convert had invited them and they met me in the, in the hallway and they walked up, said, really upset. And the man said, I want you to know that, uh, that, uh, David danced before the Lord. And I said, I want you to know David committed adultery before the Lord. So I'm not following David, I'm following God. And the dance in the Bible is nothing but jumping up and down for joy, much like what you do when your favorite team wins. Or it's what I did anyway, when my Spartans got beat by Duke, I don't like Duke. I don't like Duke at all. Um, and uh, the only ones left in the tournament uh, is Arkansas because Michigan got beat. That's my wife's team. And, uh, but I, shoot, I'm sitting in my living room watching a replay. I don't watch, have time to watch the real game, but I, I can, you can speed it forward and watch the whole thing just like, just like that. And man, I've been there, go Razorbacks, go Razorback. I, I can't help it. It's in me. And I, but I get excited about so when I say, glory to God. And my partner's with me, glory to God. Uh, we're excited about it. And uh, so a non-soul winning pastor, got to have an example. Number two, non-soul winning staff. What are you doing hiring people that don't go soul winning? I know they're from Pensacola, but help them. Uh, I know they're from uh, different colleges that Bob Jones and so on. I know that, but help them. Uh, I had a staff member from Liberty work for me, but uh, I taught him how to win souls from the BBF. I've had them from the BBF work for me, and uh, but I taught them how to be soul winners. But they, you see, a staff member's got to be visible. When it's soul winning time, that they need to look up and see that staff there. They need to look up and see that pastor there leading that soul winning. I'm talking about anti-growth. You're, you're not going to grow unless you grow the with the if you reach the if you use the world to reach the world, you'll end up with the world and in the world. So you don't want to do that. Uh I know you can have Mickey Rooney in and testify and talk about his 35 wise and how he loves God. Just crazy stuff going on. Um, it, it's, a, it's imperative that you have a soul winning pastor, I'm talking about growth now, a soul winning staff that, and both of you have got to be visible. Next, no organized soul winning times. That's an anti-growth factor. Provide different times. Somebody says, well, I can't come Thursday night. Well, when can you go? Well, I can go Monday afternoon. All right, you got yourself a deal. Um, now, we had eight different soul winning times at Longview Baptist Temple. But the big push was Thursday night. Oh, I pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. And we averaged uh, 625 out soul winning. I took a picture every year, gave it out to the people and put it in their Bibles, New Testaments, and pray that God will keep blessing uh, the soul winning. But no organized soul winning. Now, I know some that have the big pushes Saturday morning. 
That's good. But out of these sorting, out of the number of times that you provide for your people, you've got to have one gigantic push. And then you want to take, push it and applaud them. And, uh, oh, it, it'll make a difference. A packed room will do something. I, you just can't ex, ex, explain it, but it's electrifying. The Holy Ghost does not live in that building. He lives in the bodies of the believer. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says, which not the spirit. John 3, 5, and 6 said, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The first spirit's a capital. That's the Holy Spirit, capital S. The one's a small spirit. That's man's spirit. So the Holy Spirit is born in our spirit. So I said, anti-growth factors. What I've noticed about churches that don't grow, a non-soul winning pastor, you've got to produce. And I would suggest you preachers get somebody down that aisle and in that baptismal pool every week. Do it. If you did it for 52 weeks and 26 days, that's 26 people. And that way you won't get mad at your people. Don't get mad at you're mad at your people because they don't show up or don't go soul winning. Get mad at yourself. Look in the mirror and say, why didn't you have a baptism? Why didn't you get mad at yourself? Don't get mad at them. Number one, non-soul winning pastor, non-soul winning staff. Number three, a non-organized soul winning times. Number four, no weekly baptisms. Oh my, if you will start stirring those waters every week of the world, you'll get God's attention. Now, my kids, all four kids, have never seen a Sunday that I pastored that we did not have people saved and baptized. Never a Sunday, never a Sunday, every Sunday of the world. Now, I remember one Sunday night, we didn't have anybody, had people saved, we didn't have anybody baptized. And I'm telling you, it bothered me. I mean, it bothered me. It bothered me. Boy, I made up my mind the next week that I was going to plug in that Sunday night. I wasn't going to happen again. In all those years, 33 years of pastoring, only one Sunday night did I not have a baptism. I'm just telling you, it was high on my list of pressure points for myself. All right. Anti-growth. Well, I've noticed that churches that don't grow, a non-soul winning pastor, non-soul winning staff, no organized soul winning times, plural, a lot of times, no weekly baptisms, and no organized departmentalized Sunday school. No organized departmentalized Sunday school. Uh, if you don't have a, and, 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 and I mean small classes, departmentalized, break it down to small classes. If you've got large classes, it's going to stunt your growth. And Brother Hiles, a Sunday school on average 20, 25 apiece at 800 classes when I was there. That's 16,000 plus. But everybody had somebody that cared for them. They knew their name. I, I said this before, but we had four kids. And the people that took care of them in Sunday school, they came by the house. Now, if we were out on the bus route or something, they left notes or stuff, but they cared about our kids. And that, that's the way Sunday school teachers ought to be. So no organized departmental Sunday school. It'll stunt your growth. Large Sunday school classes will stunt your growth. Uh, when it gets to be 20, 25, split it. Split it. And uh, give one 10, give the other 10, so they can get back up to 20. Get back up to 20, split the thing. Uh, because they, Jesus had 12. <laughs> I don't know what in the world makes us think we can handle 100. Uh, and all of the teachers I had, I had 171 Sunday school classes and 2,000 in all of those classes. Now, the truth is they were the ones pastoring the people. I pastored the ones who pastored the people. And uh, it's, it's so important to understand this. All right, number one, I'm talking about anti-growth. What, what I've noticed that caused churches not to grow, non-soul winning pastor, non-soul winning staff, no organized soul winning times, not just one out, no, if, Accommodate your people. No weekly baptism. Stir those waters every week, every week, every week. Dr. Robertson 
told me about baptism. He said, Brother Gray, I laid them back and dipped their head. He said, my goal was not to disturb the water. Just dip their head. He baptized 10,000, 1,000 every year at 10,000 Sunday school. I couldn't do it. We plunged them, boy. But anyway, I love it. We just dipped their head like that. I said, a non-sorting pastor, that's a problem. Non-sorting staff, that's a problem. No organized sorting, times plural, that's a problem. No weekly baptisms, that's a big problem. Uh, no organized departmentalized Sunday school with small classes, that's a big problem. No weekly teachers and workers meeting. Here's what I've noticed. Yes, I have a Sunday school, but we meet uh, once a month. What? No, every week, every Wednesday night, we had teachers and workers meeting. Now, my plane got in late. Dr. Zen took it or one of the assistant pastors. Said, we had it. We had it. We had it. Now, no weekly teachers. And that's where you give out you give out the Sunday school lessons. Give them time, two weeks away, so they got time to study. We've got programs coming up. I want everybody in the loop. You can have the assistant pastor, uh, the assistant teacher there. Okay, they're there not to fool around on Sunday, but in case somebody's sick, to fill in. And they got the Sunday school lesson. So very important. All right, I'm talking about anti-growth now. I'm going a little long. I'm sorry, but I'm going. This is important. Number one, non-soul-winning pastor, non-soul-winning staff. No organized soul winning times, plural times. Number four, no weekly baptisms. You get five lined up yourself for the water every Sunday morning. You baptize every Sunday. Get, get, okay. What number really tells off on us? I'm going to tell you what it is. Well, we had uh, 50 saved. Uh, we had so many in Sunday school. Wait a minute. That number tells you how many you've gotten saved that you have prospects for Sunday school for growth, for growth. And, uh, so if you're not baptizing, that number tells you whether you're winning people and whether you have people for Sunday school. I'm just telling you, you can only, there are only so many, only so many people in town that you're going to bring to your church or proselyte from other churches. That's why you call it outreach, not soul winning. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, there's a, a, a church that I know where there's a Spanish man on the deacon board, and I know I've known him for years. And he said to me with tears, he said, you know what's become like down there? He said, I'm a token. I'm a token. I'm a Mexican token. And it was killing him. It was killing me. And uh, he would be along with that church. Not at all. He can't be. Uh, Anti-growth factors, non-soul winning pastor, non-soul winning staff. No organized soul winning times, plural times. No weekly baptism. No organized departmentalized small Sunday school classes. No weekly teachers and workers meeting. Number seven, deacon run churches. I wouldn't give you two cents for a church that's run by deacons. Some deacons said to me, you either shut that independent Baptist college down or you're going to lose your support. Well, I'll lose my support. I'm not shutting that college down. Well, it's a conflict of interest. Now, if I started a, a devil's church, a Satan church, I can understand you say it's a conflict of interest, but I'm trying to train uh, young men, young women for the ministry, just like you are. No, I, I love the other colleges that we have. I love the fact that uh, North Florida Bible College is there in Jacksonville, led by Dr. Greg Neal. I'm thankful about it. I'm glad about it. I'm glad about it. I, I'm glad for the other colleges that we have, Brother Fugates College and, and uh, other college, Jack Trebers College. And uh, of course, there are not many out there that you can recommend, that's for sure. 
but I'm saying deacon run churches. I've, I've faced it. I'm not going to, don't tell me. You're not telling me. I work for God, not you. And go take some taters to widows. Why don't you do that and stay out of my business so that I can pray and, and take care of uh, what's preached and teach and the teaching, the ministry. That's what it, that's what the book says clearly about it. Acts chapter six. All right. Now I said, number one, please bear with me. Number one, non-sewing pastor, non-sewing staff, no organized sewing times, plural, many, no weekly baptisms, no organized departmental small Sunday school classes, no weekly teachers and workers meeting, deacon run church, got to stop. It's got to stop. I rotate those rascals off. That's what I did. One, two, and three years. But you're off for one year. You sour on me. You ain't getting back on that deacon board. Uh, you, you're just not going to do it. I, we got to be one mind, one accord, one place. That's it. Number eight, no missions program. We gave $9.3 million to missions in the 29 and a half years I've pastored Longview Baptist Temple. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, and we started 1,700 churches around the world, according to Richard Hitt. Now, I'm just saying to you, no missions program. That's a killer. That's a killer. Both, Acts 180 says, both, B-O-T-H. All right, lack of standards for leaders. Now, people are going to come in. And they're going to, the lady's going to come in and britches and, and uh, long hair and, uh, and tattooed up and everything else. That's who we're reaching. We want to reach them. We want to win them and bring them to church. But if you're going to be a Sunday school teacher, then, uh, okay, in the Bible, there's separation for the tribe of Le the Levitical tribe. And there's separation for the layman. And that you couldn't, you, there are some people supposed to go outside the camp. But that meant God's people were separate from those outside the camp. But wait a minute, Psalm 91.1, Moses is under the shadow of the Almighty. And God said, in essence, you stay in the very center here. Don't you even get close to that east side or that west side, north side or south side. Don't you do it. Don't you get out towards the edge. And so if you're going to be a leader, you've got to go a second mile. You've got to go further then if you want to be a layman, be a layman. That's right. Sip tea on Saturday. Let the world go to hell uh, and read your devotional book. Uh, but just in case you get bit and you want to be a leader. Now, so uh, lack of standards for, for leaders, uh, not the people that come in and, 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 and sit down there. And people lie. They say, yeah, at that Long Beach Baptist Temple, he measures the skirt and the skirt's too short. Then they, we, Usher them out. They have to leave. Or if their hair is too long, they have to leave. And they lock the doors down there. Poor people, bad to lie. I was sitting at the restaurant down here with my wife years ago and sitting there, we're eating. And three men behind me decided to discuss me in Longview Baptist Temple. And we were hot. And our, our church was blowing and going. And the guy said, yeah. I said, they locked the doors. And the guy said, yeah, that's a cult. He said, uh, they, if you skirts too long, they, they measure it right there and you got to leave. And uh, you got long hair. You have to leave. You can't stay. And uh, and so on. And that, ever since that Bob Gray started pastor, I got up, walked back and I said, hi, fellas. My wife said, don't, please don't, please don't. I went around. I said, hi. I said, uh, what's your name? He told me, what's your name? Yeah, what's your, what's your name? And they said, who are you? I said, my name's Bob Gray. And it was silence. And one guy looked up and at me. And then I said to him, George, have you ever visited Longview Baptist Temple? No. Stan, have you ever visited Longview Baptist Temple? No. Sam, have you ever visited Longview Baptist Temple? No, 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 I never have. I said, how do you know? He said, well, do you lock the doors? I said, yeah, to keep people from getting in, not people getting out. There's a fire. 
cold in town. You can't do that. In fact, they bring their fire department down to our property because we've got so much property to practice. <laughs> I said once, we don't want them stealing babies out of the nursery. We want them slipping in, shooting the place up. So we lock the doors when the church service starts. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. We didn't lock it to keep people out. Anyway, I'm sorry I've gone over today. This makes up for all the others, I guess. Anti-growth factor, non-soul-winning pastor, non-soul-winning staff, non, no organized soul-winning times, many times. No, no weekly baptisms. You've got to baptize every week. No organized department of small Sunday school classes. No weekly teachers meeting. Deacon-run church. No missions program. Lack of standards. We've got to hurry. Number 10, I can't believe I've taken this long. Number 10, scared pastors. What in the world are you scared of? Huh? What are you scared of? When I first came here, they had a, they got upset with me. I don't know why. And, uh, and they had a deacon's meeting. And uh, the chairman, I'm not calling his name. Uh, I'm sure he was a good man at heart, but he didn't act like it. <laughs> he, he said, we're having that deacon's meeting Monday night at seven. Just wanted you to know. No, that's fine. So I went home. I didn't, I had things to do and I had a family. So the phone rang and they said, we're, we're in the middle of our meeting. Where are you? I said, I'm at home. Um, well, we said, we're gonna have a meeting. I, I learned this from Brother house. I said, you go ahead and you can have a meeting tonight, tomorrow night, every other night, but I ain't coming. And it is no meeting unless the pastor chairs the meeting. So you guys just enjoy your pizza. I had ordered pizza and sent it over. I can't, I, that's bad in it. But I, don't tell me. I had a guy took a, uh, one Sunday, he uh, went by for a little fellowship and the treasurer brought, you know, the adding machine, da, 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 you know, and he brought that thing up and he said, look here, here's what we gave today, over $9,000. And he said, if you play your cards right, there's a whole lot more than where this came from as if I were there for that. <laughs> well, our church split in, in March of 1981. They went across town at 500, a $5,000 offering. I had 159 people left and a $2,250 offering. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so uh, scared? I was scared that, uh, that I was not gonna please God. I'm not scared of them. Um, <laughs> Got along without you before. I bet you're going to get along without you now. Okay, that's terrible. Number 11, running with the wrong crowd. Running with the wrong crowd. That's where you got the idea of soulmates, not in the Bible. That's where you got the idea of door hangers. That's where you got the idea of saying outreach. That's where you got the idea of shutting the buses down. That's where you got the idea. You know, after you get all your church members saved and baptized again, you may have to go to work and win somebody else, you know. You can only baptize them so many times. <laughs> oh, my God's good. I, I, I know I went long. Please forgive me for going long. But I, I think it was important. I think it was needed. God bless you. This is uh, a podcast. Yeah, that's what it is. And Ministry Moments YouTube. Go there, find Bob Gray Sr. and subscribe. That way you'll get it every week. I'll be nice next week. <laughs> I'll be nice to you next week. But God bless you. God bless you. And uh, soul winning tomorrow. It's the time to win souls preparation day for the Lord's day. Get people saved. Get them lined up for Sunday morning. God bless you. Thank you for joining me.